I do want to introduce our speaker this morning and a time of learning, a time of opening ourselves up to what the Spirit has to say as Pastor Allison comes to bring the word. So come on up, Allison. Good morning. As Mike said, my name is Allison. I am the assistant pastor here at the River, and it's so good to be here with all of you. So today I'm going to be continuing our summer sermon series titled Renewal of the Mind. So I'm just going to remind us of the inspiration verse for this series. So it comes from uh, the book of Romans. In his letter to the church in Rome, Paul said this, Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. Throughout this sermon series, we've been exploring together what renewal of the mind looks like in practice. And our hope is that our, as our minds are renewed, we'll be more and more able to step into the life in all its fullness that God offers to us. So today, I want to talk a little bit about how to think about regret. So regret is that feeling of sadness, remorse, or disappointment that we can have looking back on things that we did or did not do. It's that feeling we have when we tell ourselves stories about the past that begin with phrases like, I wish, or if only. As I started thinking about this topic, a memory came to mind. A number of years ago, uh, during the fall season, my husband and I decided to visit a farm upstate. And after we purchased some hot apple cider and some apple cider donuts, we, I convinced my husband that we needed to go into the corn maze. Now, I'd never been in a corn maze, but how hard could it be, right? Well, the attendants handed out a map and told us, this is the number to call if you need rescuing. Now, that should have been the first sign of trouble. So we entered the maze, and everything started out great. We found the first two markers, and we were having like a really fun time. But as we continued on, the maze became muddy, like mud all over your pants and shoes muddy. And we were completely disoriented. We were no longer having fun, and we just wanted to get out of there as fast as possible. But we couldn't find the way. So uh, we just kept trying and trying, but we just got more muddy and more disoriented. So eventually we decided it was time to call the rescue number. So when our rescuer showed up, we noticed that he was wearing these big work boots, you know, perfect for walking in the mud. And we were like, oh, if only we had some of those. So on the long back to drive back to the city, I was filled with intense regret. And thoughts like these kept running through my head. If only I had made different choices. If I hadn't pushed us to go into that maze, maybe we wouldn't be uncomfortable and covered in mud right now. If I'd asked questions about the conditions, maybe I would have changed my shoes and wouldn't have ruined my nice boots. Why did I think that going in the maze was a good idea in the first place? I should have known that the maze would be muddy the day after a rainstorm. Come on, Allison. All in all, you know, my story about the maze has pretty low stakes. I ruined a pair of boots, and we spent a few hours feeling grumpy and uncomfortable. Yet, with even such a trivial example, it's easy to see how quickly I moved into self-doubt and self-criticism. 
And this is so easy for any of us to do when we're experiencing regret. Fortunately, you know, as time has passed, I was able to learn from this experience and find humor in it, but not all regrets can be resolved so easily. Sometimes we make decisions or fail to take actions that we regret for the rest of our lives. Regret can be incredibly painful. And this pain is magnified when we internalize society's messages that regret is something bad to be avoided at all costs. So in preparing for this sermon, I surveyed famous quotes about regret. And almost all of them promote the viewpoint that regrets are bad, or at the very least, pointless. So here are a few examples. Make it a rule of life never to regret, and never to look back. Regret is an appalling waste of energy. You can't build on it. It's only good for wallowing in. Catherine Mansfield. Never regret. If it's good, it's wonderful. If it's bad, it's experience. Victoria Holt. Forget regret or your life is yours to miss. Jonathan Larson. The hashtag no regrets has almost 4.5 million posts on Instagram. And it makes sense why hashtag no regrets is a popular philosophy. It tells us that if we can avoid regret, then we can also avoid the pain of failure, disappointment, longing, or remorse. And who wouldn't want to avoid that kind of pain? According to hashtag no regrets, there are two ways that we can avoid pain. First, we can make, the decision, we can make decisions in the present to avoid pain in the future. In some ways, this viewpoint is a helpful one. Making decisions with the goal of avoiding future regret can help us to live life more intentionally and with more purpose in the present moment. It can help us to take more healthy risks and to stop putting off the things that matter the most to us. However, there is a dark side to this perspective. It can turn into fear of regret a close relative of FOMO, fear of missing out. When we are be being guided by fear of regret, also called regret aversion, we can begin to put incredible pressure on ourselves to make the right decision so that we don't feel regret in the future. This pressure can lead to intense anxiety and chronic indecisiveness. And it is based upon the false belief that we always have the ability to predict and set in motion the best outcomes for our life. Unfortunately, life is not that predictable, and we are not that powerful. Hashtag no regrets tells us that all regrets can be avoided if only we are wise enough, diligent enough, and daring enough. But this is not true. Sometimes regrets cannot be avoided. There's another way that hashtag no regrets tells us that we can avoid pain. It tells us that we can reframe our failures as experiences to remove their sting. Once again, this strategy is not inherently bad. 
Cognitive reframing is a core strategy of many forms of therapy, including the ones that I practice with my clients, so it's not all bad. It can be incredibly helpful to reframe our experiences in a more positive light to find the humor and lessons in our mistakes. But once again, there is a dark side to this strategy. Reframing our experiences becomes harmful when it is used as a form of emotional or spiritual bypassing. This happens when we do not allow ourselves or others to experience our true feelings about an event or when we fail to acknowledge or take accountability for genuine harm. So we should not be so desperate to avoid feeling regret that we become willing to sacrifice emotional health or relational accountability. So is there an alternative perspective to hashtag no regrets? Author Daniel H. Pink wrote a helpful book about regret called The Power of Regret, How Looking Backward Moves Us Forward. In the book, Pink says this, regret is not dangerous or abnormal, a deviation from the steady path to happiness. It is healthy and universal, an integral part of being human. Regret is also valuable. It clarifies, it instructs. Done right, it needn't drag us down. It can lift us up. So Pink points out that regret is a universal, unavoidable aspect of the human experience. And he argues that it can actually be a healthy, positive force in our lives if we do it right. So how do we get regret right? I believe that a verse from one of Paul's letters to the Corinthian church can help us when thinking about regret. 2 Corinthians 7.10 says this, Now this type of deep sorrow, godly sorrow, is about producing a change of mind and behavior that ultimately leads to salvation. But the other type of sorrow, worldly sorrow, often is fleeting and only brings death. According to Paul, there are two types of sorrow, godly sorrow and worldly sorrow. Godly sorrow leads to lasting transformation and salvation. Worldly sorrow, on the other hand, is short-lived and leads us to death. Sorrow is often used as a synonym for regret. So what if we thought about this as a discussion about the differences between godly regret and worldly regret? But what exactly distinguishes these types of regret from each other? So the first major difference is that godly regret produces deep, lasting transformation while worldly regret produces short-lived surface-level changes. In order for regret to be transformative, we must first acknowledge its presence in our lives. When experience regret, it can be helpful to name it specifically, to actually say to yourself or to others, I am experiencing regret. Although it's counterintuitive, acknowledging painful emotions can allow us to process them and to move through them more quickly. Doing this also gives us the opportunity to reflect and learn from our experiences. That is, if there even is a lesson to be learned. 
In some cases of regret, we can look at our actions and learn lessons for facing similar situations in the future, and that's incredibly valuable. However, in other circumstances, we need to acknowledge that we did the best we could given the circumstances and with the information we had at the time, and then work to move forward and let go. So this leads me to my next point. Godly regret is life-giving, while worldly regret leads to death. After we've learned whatever there is to learn from the experience, we need to let it go and not continue to use it as a weapon to beat ourselves up. Clinging to regret and continually punishing ourselves for past events or inaction leads to death. Alternatively, learning how to accept and move on from regret leads to life. J. Kim Penberthy, a neurobehavioral scientist in the University of Virginia School of Medicine, suggests that we can release feelings of regret by practicing self-compassion, by speaking to ourselves kindly, the same way we would speak to someone that we loved and really cared about, and by forgiving ourselves. She says, this means reminding yourself that you are human. You are doing the best you can. And you can learn from past decisions and grow. Showing this compassion to yourself can help you accept and move past the regret. This, like many things, is, of course, easier said than done. But let's commit to reminding each other that regret is not shameful. It's just human. Let's support each other in voicing and moving through feelings of regret. And let's help each other to embrace the perspective of godly regret over that of hashtag no regrets. So as I invite the worship team back up here, I would like to close with the serenity prayer. I hope that this famous prayer will help us as we consider regret. God, Grant us the serenity to accept the things we cannot change, courage to change the things we can, and wisdom to know the difference. Amen.